Greetings, comrades, and welcome to How the Left Was Won. My name is Mike. I'm Jake. And this is a podcast all about fascism and how to fight it. Today has been a very long day for the two of us. <laughs> um, so the two of us, and as well as a third person, uh, we were planning on going to an event uh, protesting the U.S. embargo on Cuba today. Uh, so originally, um, the, the so... Like I think we've mentioned in the past, we live in small towns, not yeah. like not the same small town, but uh, close to each other. Um, recently, and we're also in a uh, a communist organization, which I will, which I'll still withhold the name of for the time being. But uh, recently, a new person joined this group, and they also live in a small town close to us. Um, when when I say close to us, I mean a half hour drive away from me and an hour drive away from Jake. Yeah, that's yeah. uh, that's the level of closeness yeah. we're at. So the idea was, uh, so originally this person wasn't going to be able to make this event. Also, this event was far away from us. Like, normally it should have been a, an hour and a half drive, but it was longer than that today, and I'll get into that in two a second. Hours. It was long, I think it was longer than two hours. It was like two and a half, almost two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, she was uh, actually able to go today. And that, uh, and I had to delay picking you up to go pick her up. So I had to drive. So I would, I was, the plan was for me to drive to your house, which is also in the direction that we were going to be going and just yep. pick you up and go there. And then she was available. So I drove half an hour in the other direction to go pick her up and then drive an hour to your place to pick you up. And, and first of all, getting to her place was a pain in the ass just because traffic was bad today. Cause I think there was like some bicycling event today. I saw lots oh. of bicyclists. And cops were, like, directing traffic to allow the bicyclists to cross the road. Um, but, yeah. Uh, <coughs> yeah, right there? Yep. But anyway, then I pick you up, and then getting to the event, which was in Boston, was also a pain in the ass because the traffic was just so bad. And it took, like, oh, like at least 45 minutes longer than it should have. Yeah. And um, we ended up missing the event. <laughs> yep. We did meet some comrades there, but yeah, other we, than that, yeah, we met some. We met some other people from the event, and then we got some uh, very late lunch. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But the idea was to pick you up at like eleven, and then we'd be there, or like uh, yeah, like eleven, and then we'd get there at like twelve thirty, like a half hour early yeah. for the event, and we got there at three, <laughs> as like after the event had ended. We got there at like two forty-five, and, and the then had to walk over. And, by that point. And they had ended the event just a little bit early. Yep. Could not even get the last ten minutes of it. Yep, but uh, we, we met new people, including a person who lives at, at least somewhat close to us. Yeah, relatively. And, yeah, again, like, hour away from Jake, half hour away from me. But, whatever. That's closer than a lot of people are to me. Most of my yeah. friends from college don't live anywhere close. Yep. Overall, though... It's fine, uh, especially because it's a monthly event, I guess. Yeah. So we'll be able to try again. Yeah, maybe maybe next month. I don't know. Yeah. I also had to work this morning, so that was also yeah, not that, great. That probably sucked. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like, it's like okay, well, it also work went longer than I was hoping to, so I had to rush to get ready, and then and then our new friend um, was just like, hey, I can actually go. I'm like, okay. <laughs> But anyway, uh, she was cool. Um, like sh she and I, on the way over to your place, we talked a lot. She's she's great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the people we met there were also great. But uh, 
aside from that, like the fun we had eating, that was good. But I wish we had actually been able to to attend the event properly. Yeah. But you know, the pez the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. But anyway, Jake, aside from that, how was your week? Um at work it was pretty bad. Uh I had to on it was Wednesday, uh we were cutting down trees. Oh boy. I know uh, what that's like during like the fall and winter months. Uh and you know, I'm not actually handling like the chainsaws or anything, but it's pretty heavy. <laughs> It's pretty heavy stuff, uh, uh, and I was helping pick them up and, you know, put them in our dump truck uh, so then we could go get rid of it, you know. Okay. You don't throw them through a chipper like what they do at my job? Uh, no, we don't have one. Ah, so we drive to another location and dispose of it there. Uh, I think I know where you're, you You might drive to the same place that my job goes to to do that. I won't say where because yeah. I don't. I still don't exactly want to divulge our locations yeah. too much yet. No. <laughs> yeah. Not until we have a, a bunker. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll become hostists. Uh, we'll we'll live in a bunker. Yeah. Um, God, I, I'm trying to like. I there's definitely something like good that happened to me this week, but the events of today have made me tired and forget what it was. Yeah. But but also this week was just super eventful, just outside of like our lives. Was, oh yeah, yeah, very eventful. There was a a coup in Russia, but then there wasn't. The yeah, day like after. It, it was like there was a coup, attempted coup for like a day, and then they, and then like uh the guy, the leader of of uh, the Wagner group, whose name I can't pronounce, Prigozhin. Um, yeah. Uh, it was just like, he was like, Putin's fucking up. We're going to overthrow him. And then literally the next day, it was just like, actually. We're friends again, actually. And it was just super jarring. And then all the conspiracy theorists and right-wing shitheads on Twitter were just like, this is Biden just doing this to distract from Hunter. And it's like, no. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, there was the submarine. Oh, the submarine saga this past week was fucking insane. Uh, the official stance of this podcast, uh, we need to send more billionaires down in subs after them. I mean, I don't typically celebrate, like, the deaths of people, but, like, especially, I don't, like, that 19-year-old. Yeah, the 19-year-old, like, uh, critical support for comrade 19-year-old. Yeah, may maybe he was a shitty person, but also, he, I, I don't it, know it enough. It doesn't seem like it. It I, seems like his stepbrother was pretty Yeah, his stepbrother was, like, an, <laughs> like, a total piece yeah, of it, shit. Yeah, it sounds like the 19-year-old did not want to go. Yeah. But... His dad. Oh no! I think the nineteen-year-old was related to a different billionaire, because there's like, the there's like an Indian billionaire, and I think that was the nineteen-year-old. Yeah, he was the son of that Indian billionaire. Yeah, but and I... then the other guy, Hamish. Oh, okay. Was uh that his stepson was the guy who wanted to go to Blink One Eighty Two, and he's like <laughs> trying to crowdfund that. It's like my family would want me to go to Blink One Eighty Two during these trying times, and he's a <laughs> massive asshole. But um, like I don't care, you know, like. They're all billionaires. It was a stupid decision to go. Yeah. This is they use a fucking uh, Logitech controller. Yeah, and like to that control. Was, like looking at it, it's just like, oh my god, how did anyone think this was safe? Yeah. Like I remember like seeing like there's images of the interior where just like you could see that the screen was like screwed into the hull itself, and it's just like the and like also just he fired a guy and back in 28 the CEO of the, yeah. the company that made who was the on the ship. Yeah, uh, fired a guy back in 2018 for telling him it was unsafe. 
And it's just like so much shit went wrong. Yeah, we got some good Onion articles out of it, though. Yeah. Some solid work from the Onion. Yeah, and it's just like... And, and meanwhile, a, my, a bunch of migrants drowned. Yep, uh, like 230 And the Coast Guard let them happen. Let it happen. Uh, yeah, it was by Greece, I believe. And then you have some liberals on Twitter, or conservatives, I don't really know, who are like... Well, they were illegal immigrants, so who cares? Fuck yeah, they're, st- they're still alive. Your cat is uh, tearing apart what appears to be paper towel. Yeah, I need to go stop that. I don't want to have to clean that up again. The cat situation has been resolved. At least at least for the time being, it has been. But anyway, um, we are, like, to get into the episode proper. This is going to be a long episode, which is... <laughs> Not great after having driven for six yeah, hours. Not, not after this day. It's not that great after today. So so today might be a low-energy podcast. Low-energy, but a lot of content in there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're going to continue talking about Mussolini today. Woo! Not yeah. his book. Yeah, not his book. We're not reading his book. I actually finished my research for where I wanted to get to. Um, it took me an extra week, which is why we read... Uh, a chapter from his book last week so to give me more time and my notes are long for reference my notes for the last time we talked about Mussolini himself was uh, about five pages now it's the the notes for this episode are nine pages and I'm not Ooh. like taking bullet point notes I basically wrote an essay yeah you did tell me it would be upsetting so I'm looking forward to seeing if that's true yep uh very upsetting uh just for how prescient it is so anyway, uh, where we last uh, left off with our our good old buddy Mussolini, our dear friend, socialist friend Mussolini, um, he had just been kicked out of Trent, uh, which is at this point part of Austria, Hungary, and he had been back to Italy for his like a uh, socialist uh, agitation because he very much was an agitator. Yeah, not also not all socialists at the time were agitators, and I think a lot of socialists thought he was kind of like a little bit shitty for agitating too much. Right. But um but he was an agitator and that's what got him kicked out. So anyway, we now return to it to Mussolini on his return to Italy. Uh, after being kicked out of so I'm just going to start reading from my notes. After being kicked out of Italy, Mussolini, now 26, returned to Forli, Italy in January... Oh, I said after being kicked out of Italy. That's supposed to say Austria. Whoops. (laughs) Yeah, I spent a long time on this. I did not edit this a whole lot. This is is not a formal research paper. This is is just for a podcast. Correct. I don't know. And also, again, I work a full-time job. I only have X amount of time to work on this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he returned to Forley, Italy in January 1910 and began to help his father run his tavern. Uh, actually, speaking of his father, I don't think I actually wrote down when his father died. I believe he died at the end of uh, 1911, either 1911 or 1912. I, th- I think I rem- meant to write that down and I forgot. Well, but um, he's dead, though. We know yeah, that much. He died at some point. However, he, he, this being Mussolini, longed to return to journalism. Fortunately for Mussolini, he attained membership in, a local, in local socialist groups and was designated as their political organizer and editor of their magazine, La Lotta de Classe, or Classe, or The Class Struggle. Around this time, Mussolini reunited with Rachel Guidi, if we remember from the last episode. Right. Uh, they uh, had a bit of a relationship at one 
at one point. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention is that before uh, he left for Austria, uh, they had gotten engaged, actually. Oh. Which I, I and, didn't... And then he dips? Yeah. Um, it, he never once wrote her wrote to her while he was away. <laughs> wow. What a solid foundation I mean, long distance relationship. Long-distance relationships can be difficult to do, even today. Back then, when there's no Skype or, or Zoom or Discord, I can imagine it's even more so. Might as well treat him like he's dead. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, he was not. Yeah. So, anyway, the two began living together, which angered both of their parents. Yeah, no, none of their parents were happy. Rachel's mother, Anna, forbade it on the grounds that Rachel was underage, despite the fact that Rachel was 19. And, I mean, it's just like, Mussolini's 26 and she's 19. That's a little bit creepy. But it's, she, it doesn't follow the, the age-old rule, half your age plus seven. Yeah, yeah, I did the math, and, and uh, she's, like, a year or two outside the range, so it's, it's like, she's a year outside the range. So it's not great, but still, she's an adult. So, yeah, like, it's... I don't... I, oh, by today's standards, she's an adult. I don't know what the standards for ad adulthood for women were in Italy in 1910. Yeah. But um, I, I would imagine that's adult. Yeah, probably. But Anna threatened to go to the authorities to have Mussolini arrested if he did not break off their relationship. Hmm. In And I, I'm assuming uh, she threatened... Uh, I think this was in uh, Anna's house that this happened. Right. Um. So, uh, so like... Mussolini's in Anna's house, and Anna tells him, like, I'm going to call the cops on you. <laughs> uh, so, in response, Mussolini left and returned shortly with a pistol, which he threatened Anna with. <laughs> Quote, Now it's my turn to warn you. You see this revol you see this revolver, Mrs. Guidi? It holds six bullets. If Rachel turns me down, there will be one bullet for her and five for me. What? So he so he's threatening to commit a murder suicide. Yeah. Uh he used the same tactic to get approval from his father as well. So he's threatening uh both the mother of his uh fiance and his own dad. What I guess it's a proven successful method. Uh, <laughs> but wow, it uh it does remind me of how in the last episode we did on Mussolini, you brought up him getting into fights and being a violent shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like wild overreaction. Yeah. Soon thereafter, Rachel became pregnant and would give birth on September 1st to Mussolini's second child, Etta. Notice how I said second child. Yeah, you uh, did. Mussolini had previously had a son with a woman named Fernanda Os Facinelli. I believe, th I think this was in Trent that he had this relationship, right. this child with. Uh, the ch the child died as an infant and Facinelli died soon afterwards. So, oh, so, he, so he was able to punt on that one. Yeah. That, 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 one, that one was a freebie. Yeah, kicked that down the road a little bit. Yep. But uh, I uh, I wasn't able to find a whole lot on Facinelli. My sources didn't really include a whole lot on her. Just that right. he had he had a kid with her, and then they both died. F, yeah, F in chat. Yeah. <laughs> As the editor editor for La Lotta di Classe, Mussolini wrote extensively about the need for a literal class war between the working class and the rich. He 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 definitely was out for blood. Yeah. Which, I mean, hey, that I don't disagree with that sentiment, yeah. but, uh, yeah. come on, dude. Yeah. Mussolini wanted a revolution. A violent one. He thought the government only served the rich and should be destroyed because of it. 
However, he offered no replacement when the government was toppled. He did not have any idea for what to do after. I mean, that's kind of me. Where I'm just like, hey, we need to kill... We need to kill the rich people. I mean, you're a little bit more in the what to do after. It's like, eh, yeah. there's other people who, who have ideas. They'll know what to do after. I, I just trust want... those guys. Yeah. Uh, he also continued attacking the church and organized, the re organized religion. He argued that any Christian members of the Socialist Party should be expelled. Well, that's rude. Yeah. He also spoke against the military, saying that the army was a, quote, it was, quote, a criminal organization designed to protect capitalism and bourgeois society. Okay, quote. true. true. Uh, he's correct on that one. Yeah. There's a lot of moments where it's just like, Mussolini, you were right. What happened? Come on, man. You don't have to go down this path. Yeah. You were correct before. Yeah. He decried the use of taxes going to the military instead of public services. He also stated that fighting for patriotic reasons was stupid and that the people should revolt against their respective governments should war break out. True. In, in 1922, copies of this book, uh, of this uh, publication, went missing from libraries. Yeah, all, like, I, I wrote book, but it's a, like a magazine. But it's just like, all of a sudden, all of his uh, socialist writings disappeared when he, once he took power. Hmm. Um, oh, yeah, there's a, God, I'm going to have to do some editing because uh, there's a particular excerpt from the book I want to read, uh, if I can find sure. it. Yeah, I actually I, I actually just wrote it. I put a note to uh to read from the book and then I and then I realized that underneath I actually just have the quote <laughs> because I'm dumb apparently. Uh so this is there's a good paragraph here which I actually did manage to find and pull up. Uh but this one sentence in particular from this paragraph. The whole paragraph is f a fucking scathing indictment of Mussolini, but this one sentence was just so so delicious. Quote, essentially a loner who liked long, solitary walks in the countryside, he was still understood by nobody, value, valued by very few, and thought to have no real affection for anyone. End quote. Jesus. <laughs> it's brutal. It's so scathing. It's just like, he, he, he was, no one, he didn't like anyone, no one really got him, so. That's, man, I mean, it's Mussolini, so do him like that, but wow yeah this is like harsh yeah in october 1910 mussolini attended the annual socialist party in um, socialist party congress in milan one of the focuses of this meeting was to determine if this party should adopt far left policies or center left policies <laughs> you're socialists come on this should yeah. be a pretty easy decision how, how, but how socialist do we be yeah, do we want to be sock dems or do we, do we want to be based and cool? Yeah, Mussolini argued for far left policies. Okay, okay, okay. I'm on his side for yeah, right yeah. for right now. I am, but the party overwhelmingly decided to adopt center left policies. Mussolini Ooh. Mussolini was upset by what he perceived as the party simply becoming becoming eh, becoming an extension of the liberal government that was in power and threatened to leave the party and form his own. He followed through with this threat in April 1911. In September... Yeah, it's just like, you guys should be more lefty. I'm yeah. leaving. In September of that year, Italy launched a war against Turkey, staking claim to Libya. Mussolini began ramping up his anti-war and anti-patriotic rhetoric. 
He called out the claims of the nationalists supporting the that the war that this would be good for the economy as lies. He was right. Yeah. Yeah, because like they're like this will this will stimulate the economy. This war, this invasion of uh, of Turkey, and uh, Mussolini is like, no, it won't be. It'll yeah. be bad, and it is right. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely right. Turns out the socialist analysis is usually correct. The war was devastating to the economies of both countries. He hoped that the time for the socialist revolution had come. It had not. <laughs> Rip. Despite this, Mussolini and his small band began performing. He did, like, uh, some people, I believe, did break off from the Socialist Party with him, and he right. was re- able to recruit a couple people, but it was a pretty small, like, movement. Yeah, it's funny how often that actually happens. Like, the Communist Party USA actually did not really, uh, it split off from the Socialist Party USA, uh, I believe, on differences over the Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, it's a very common story that yeah. like you'll have a general socialist party, but then a faction will break off because of a disagreement. Yeah, I feel like you see like the s- similar things with like small ch- like churches in small towns, like yeah. Protestant churches. This is like some guy has a problem with the pastor, like a personal problem, so he grabs like his family and his friends <laughs> and he forms another church, uh, like uh, like a few neighborhoods over. <laughs> and uh and he goes i am the true true this is the true word of god is like no you just have a beef with this dude shut up yeah you just hate this guy yeah uh where was i oh yeah uh mussolini and his small band began performing acts of domestic terrorism destroying oh. train tra- train tracks and tearing down power lines no not the trains please yeah both his actions and his attempts to incite further attacks saw him arrested and sentenced to five months in prison. During five his five months for domestic terrorism. I mean, I some of the people that were that are that did January sixth aren't getting very much longer than that. True, but also like, what a what a short period of time for like bombing shit. I assume he's bombing the train tracks or whatever. I don't know if he was bombing them. Uh, he was destroying them, and also like tram lines as well. Right. Yeah. During his prison sentence, he wrote his autobiography. He was twenty-eight. That's early. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, like how full of yourself do you have to be to write down your biography at twenty-eight? You're either completely narcissistic, which obviously he is, or you think you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after being released from prison, Mussolini had found that he had achieved some status as a minor celebrity among more mainstream socialists. He used this newfound popularity popularity to reintegrate to, eh, to reingratiate himself and his group back into the Socialist Party. He then began demanding for the expulsion of any socialists who supported the war or push for pushed for change through the parliamentary process from the from the party so he's just like if you support the war you should be kicked out of the socialist party which i mean yeah fair that's that's kind of fair but it's just like that is just like if you think we should solve our problems by voting you should be kicked out <laughs> that the discourse on voting today is very yeah yeah that's that's pretty one-to-one yeah there. yeah it's just like voting won't help us achieve the socialist like our socialist utopia but at the same time not voting will lead to fascism so 
at least quicker than it is right now. Yeah. So please vote, but also organize and organize do other stuff. Uh, beat up Nazis. Beat up your local congressman. Beat up your local senator. Uh, the official stance of the How the Left Was One podcast does not so endorse uh, assault of any kind. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but if you but if you do, please record it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and send it to us. Yeah, that, that's my stance on Nazis. Like punching Nazis It's like. It's still assault, and I don't want you to get arrested for punching this guy. It's still a crime, technically. And also, you shouldn't waste your effort on someone so pathetic. But if you do do it, please make sure someone films it so hey, I can see it. We're not going to complain. Yeah, like I, there's a great video of like this Nazi getting punched. I, he just, I think I know the yeah, one. Yeah, and he, go, he goes down so quickly, because he, like, he says something to like offensive to this guy, and the guy like turns like towards him aggressively, and the Nazi immediately realizes his problem. He kind of goes, wait, and then just yeah. immediately gets Dex decked in the face and goes down like an oak tree. Oh, it's amazing. It's a fantastic video, but... Don't don't commit crimes, please. Yet. Yet. <laughs> uh, Except tax fraud. That's always viable. Yeah. After King Victor Emmanuel III survived an assassination, assassination attempt... Words are hard today for me, apparently. It happens after... Yeah, after driving... Driving for... Six hours <laughs> after working for five hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, after King Victor Emmanuel III survived an assassination attempt, Mussolini added any socialist who cr who congratulated the king to his list of people who need to to go. So, like, if he's like, "Hey, good job surviving that assassination attempt," if you were a socialist and you and you said that, he was like, "You need to go too." Which I mean, it's just like, if you're a socialist, you shouldn't be supporting the king, but also like being like, "Hey, I'm glad you didn't get murdered." It, it, like, that's just like. It's just being polite. It doesn't mean I actually believe it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the, these arguments saw increased support, and at the Socialist Congress in July 1912, the party split, with many leaders being ousted. The party formed a new National Executive Committee, which Mussolini found himself serving on. He now had a position of power. That's always good when Mussolini gets power. Yep. Uh... As part of his new duties as a high-ranking member of the Socialist Party, Mussolini became editor of the paper's newspaper, Avanti, which means forward. Okay. Or I've seen it also translated as charge forward, but I think uh, like a, a forward is the most literal uh, translation. Right. Charge forward probably is more accurate to the intent, but forward yeah. probably yeah. is more literally true. Yeah. The paper's circulation was poor at first, but it saw a massive increase in circulation as a result of Mussolini's overhaul of the paper's production and target demographics. So, like, he, he did a whole lot of changing. Like, someone new comes in and just completely does, over like, changes the entire way that things are done. Okay. And sometimes that makes it better, sometimes it makes it worse, sometimes it doesn't do much at all. True. In this case, it was better for the publication. Okay. Yeah. It was around right. Yeah. It was around this time that Mussolini acquired the nickname Il Duce, the Duke. The Duke. Yes. Part of the reason for Avanti's success was the rioting of workers across rur the rural portions of the country against the subpar conditions many of them lived in. Grievances included many towns lacking post offices and the failure of the government to implement a promised promised sanitation system. See, yeah, 
uh, yeah, that would I would be upset about that. Yeah, like a lot of towns at the time is just like were pretty much isolated from the rest of the country because they didn't have a way to even send mail. Wow. Yeah, that's that's like that's one thing America did very well on its yeah. formation was just having post offices. But I mean, Ben Franklin was in charge of that, so of course he did it well. Yeah, he had two hundred bodies in his basement. <laughs> Although that may have been his roommate who was that, a medical student, it but definitely was his roommate. But yeah. that's still so funny that the person on the one hundred dollar bill had fucking two hundred bodies in his basement when yeah. he died. Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, that was one thing America absolutely did well when we uh, founded the country. It was make was make mail a thing. Yeah. That everyone had access to, or at least rich white people had access to. But, yeah. but, uh, you know, you, you you take what you can get. You're giving your take, just like the it, Lord says. Yeah, it was a it was a good system. It worked. Yeah, and uh, and it's currently being fucking ruined. Woo! Yeah. Uh, Mussolini saw the riots riots as just and urged them on. Uh. Mussolini hired Angelica Balabanov, uh, uh, who I believe I mentioned in the previous episode. I believe so. Yeah, she yeah. was a prominent socialist uh, who uh, introduced Mussolini to a lot of socialist and communist theory. Yeah, I think I think you mentioned her. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure it's who I'm thinking of. Uh, uh, so he hired Angelica Balabanov as the assistant editor for the paper and supposedly began an affair with her although one, one of my sources said that he may have just been boasting right so he might have just been fucking around yeah it, it's not... I'd, I'd believe it that he was lying yeah it's it's believable he did uh, he did uh, began uh, sexual relationships with a uh, sexual relationship with a woman named Ida Dalzer whom he married in 1914. And now I'm going to go off on a little bit of a side skip forward a little bit into the future, just because okay. this is like, there's not a really, really great place to fit all this in. But this is, this is fucking crazy. In, in November 1915, Dalser would give birth to a son, Benito Albino Mussolini. Okay. Uh, Mussolini Sr., the the, uh, the one that we're mostly focused on, would abandon the two shortly thereafter and go on to marry Rachel Guidi. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah, without uh, divorcing Dalzer. Oh. Yeah. During the fascist regime, Dalzer would persistently proclaim her son to be the son of the dictator, which he was. Yeah. In 1926, Dalzer was c committed to an asylum by the fascist government, and her son was kidnapped and told that his mother was dead. What the fuck, dude? You married her. Uh, Why would you be such a dick? Yeah. Benito Albino was sent to an orphanage and was adopted in 1926 by the former fascist police chief at, so at Sopramante. Yeah, I said that right. At Sopramante. Dalzer would eventually die in, a, in an asylum in 1937, reportedly of a brain hemorrhage. Damn. Uh, yeah. Uh, Benito Albino would join the Navy just prior to World War II. Uh, all this time, he continued to assert his relationship to Il Duce, just like his mother. And just like his mother, he was committed to a mental, mental institution in 1942, where he was constantly injected with coma-inducing drugs and would dunes die soon thereafter. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, I knew Mussolini was a bad guy. Yeah. That's pretty obvious. 
But why the fuck would you do that to your own son, dude? Because, like, having an Ill illegitimate child makes you seem... It's not even Ill illegitimate. They were married. Yeah. <laughs> he just didn't want people to know he was technically still married yeah. to her. Also, um... Like, he, like, they were both committed to asylums because, like, these people are insane. But uh, records from the asylum... They were at different asylums. Uh, I believe Dalzer has actually moved between the couple. But uh, right. records from uh, their respective asylums indicate that they were both lucid. So Great. They, yeah, so he just threw them in jail because they were saying stuff that was inconvenient to him. Right. I don't really care much for the son given he joined the fascist navy. But, uh... Yeah. I d the poor mum. Yeah. Uh, the fascist government made great efforts to destroy all documentation of Mussolini's marriage and child, but missed an order from the city of Milan for Mussolini to make payments to his wife, Ida Dalzer. Like, the documents identify her as his wife. Oh. The women involved in Mussolini's other major affairs include Margarita Sarfati, which, Mar which uh, autocorrect changed here for some dumb reason. <laughs> uh, we know about her. She was a... Uh, a propagandist for yeah. the fascist regime. And she wrote his biography. Or, or uh, Yeah, she yeah. wrote a biography of him. And Clara Patacci, who uh, will be relevant later, but not later in this episode, later, later in right. Mussolini's uh, life. So anyway, just a weird aside, because I, like, trying to fit, like, come back to that every now and again would have been awkward. I was like, let's just knock this out now. Yeah. Knock out all of his affairs now. <laughs> Yeah. We don't need to keep being reminded. Yeah, but just, what a fucked up thing to do to your to your son. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't be me. I, I would not do that yeah. if I was in charge of a nation. Yeah. On June 28th, 1914, Bosnian Serb Gavrilo Princip assassinated Archduke Franz Ferdinand of the Austro-Hungarian Empire and his wife Sophie and Sarajevo. Oh, never heard of this. Yeah. Oh, oh this is a. <laughs> I, I'm sure that event. doesn't lead anywhere. Yeah. Austria-Hungary blamed Serbia for the assassination and declared war a month later. Russia quickly joined the war in support of Serbia. Germany joined Austria-Hungary in its war on Serbia. France sided with Russia and its support of Serbia, which led to Germany invading France. Britain joined the war in order to defend France. <laughs> and also Turkey got involved somehow. I can't yeah. even remember how Turkey got involved. Who fucking knows? Yeah, World War One was really stupid. It, what a fucking dumb series of events. Of course, it is important to remember. World War One was an imperialist war. It was always going to happen. That was just the dipshit yeah. cause. Yeah. Italy was caught in a dilemma. It was on good terms with countries from both sides. I, I believe it explicitly had... Uh, uh, alliances with germany and austria hungary yes but it was uh like friendly with france and russia and britain and yeah. didn't really want to go to war with anyone which is understandable yeah that would be i mean the, the correct position to i mean take. You, you just got out of an economically devastating war with uh turkey not too long ago yeah <laughs> I, I i would sit it out who cares yeah uh socialists argued that italy should remain neutral which Mussolini agreed with at first. Ooh. However, he began, he began to argue that Italy should join the war on the side of the Allies. So, I mean, hmm. as close to the correct side as you can get if you were to pick a side. Yeah. I mean, World War I, again, was really stupid. 
yeah, don't join. That is the correct choice. Yeah, but I mean, it's also just like, hey, Austria-Hungary was invading another country. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's bad. <laughs> like, there is no real good side. It's just stupid. Like, there is a better side, but... Yeah. He claimed that the war could be the opportunity for the Italian socialists to join the socialists of other countries and begin the socialist revolution. He's really banking on the socialist revolution. Yeah. He, he's really thinking it's, it's time. He said to King Victor Emmanuel, I think it's your fucking time, buddy. Yeah. Um, the rest of the party was furious and Mussolini soon left. And I believe uh, sometime, like, he continued saying all this stuff, and then they eventually officially kicked him out. So he so he quit, and then they fired him. <laughs> That's so petty. Yeah. Uh, actually, they fired him after this next thing happened. Within two weeks of Mussolini leaving the party, he began, an, began a new newspaper, Il Popolo d'Italia, or The People of Italy. Huh. So like this like when he did that the social was like, wait a minute, it's been two weeks and you already have a new paper? This seems suspicious. This is yeah. sus. <laughs> yeah. And it and, and sus it was. <laughs> hmm. This paper was backed by rich Italian businessmen who sought to gain from Italy entering the war. Like particularly uh arms manufacturers were funding this paper. Oh. Like I think Fiat was. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was also backed by the Italian government and international interests. So somebody had a bag of cash and they gave it to Mussolini. Yeah. yeah uh, so this is where he basically is going to become a fascist, right? Yeah, I, I believe it was like Britain and Russia were backing it and the U.S. may have also been backing it. But oh. that's, that's uncertain. Um, but it, it's just like we see this today. This is where the parallels start to come in. Yeah. Um, like, you see this today, where you see, like, someone ostensibly on the left, or at least, like, a liberal of some sort. Yeah. Like, has, like, one shitty opinion, has mostly good opinions, and then one, like, one really, really shitty opinion. And then when people call them out on that, they go, just go hard right, and then they get a bunch yeah. of billionaire dark money. Woo! It's the exact same fucking thing. It's like Candace Owens. It's just, like, she, what was it? She went to, like, the ACLU to, like, file, like, a racial discrimination lawsuit. Like, she was, like, she went to them and was, like, hey, I was racially discriminated against. And they're, like, okay, we'll help you with this. And now she talks about how shitty the ACLU is because yep. she gets money from rich people to say that. Hmm. I, I wonder, I, I wonder why they would do this. Uh, everything is... Fair and equal in the government. Yep. In politics. We're actually moving at a pretty decent pace right now. Really? Yeah. We're, we're like 40 minutes in. Oh. This is moving a lot faster than I thought it would. Well, that's good. Yeah. Maybe it's just because we're tired and we can't think of a whole lot else to say. Yeah. We are both particularly tired. I don't know. I think we're having some good commentary. Yeah, we do. Like, the commentary's fine, but it's just like... We might have more to say if we weren't as tired. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Mussolini swiftly switched from decrying the oppression of the weaker nations by their invaders to lauding the war for liberating the oppressed. That was definitely the aim. So it's just like, we should go get to war against Austria-Hungary. We should go to war on the same side as Austria-Hungary. <laughs> Oceania has always been at war with East Asia. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
he then began arguing that Italy's entry into the war would allow for Italy to annex territories from its neighbors, such as Trent, Trieste, Fiume, and even other parts, even parts of the Balkans and the Middle East. Hmm. So yeah, he wants to reclaim territory from, or not even reclaim, but like just, just get, conquer, really. yeah, conquer other territories. Yeah, really liberating the oppressed. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Thus began the rise of fascism. This is where like fascism really starts, like like kind of starts properly. So um, Mussolini took credit for founding the fascist party, or at least the organization that it would eventually become the fascist party. However, the group that would become the fascist party already existed existed for months prior to Mussolini joining it. So I didn't write down all the details here, but I remember most of it. Uh, I didn't write most of it down because a lot of it would just be like long Italian names of organizations that don't exist right. anymore. Uh, so there was one uh, like proto-fascist organization. Lots of these organizations kind of went by the term fascio, which uh, like means bundle, but in this context usually gets translated to league or band or something like that. It's an organization of some sort, right. but that's where the word fascism comes from. It also comes from uh, the fasces, which were uh, symbols of Roman power back during the Roman Empire. Uh, you would have, like, guards carrying these for consuls and whatnot, and they would be like, hey, we're not allowed to carry weapons, but these guys are. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So, basically what happened was, in October of that year, uh, 1914, uh, a... A proto-fascist organization got founded again it had a long italian name that i didn't write down because me reading off long italian names isn't going to mean a whole lot to most yeah, people we had enough of that in uh yeah in the fucking book yeah um and and the, i'm going to mention them and then they're going to go away and one of these organizations didn't even have a link on wikipedia it was just a red link <laughs> uh so like so there was a proto-fascist organization which Mus so that uh was founded in october of that year uh, and then uh, Mussolini joined it in December, and then shortly thereafter it merged with another proto-fascist organization, and Mussolini uh, and it reorganized into a new one, and Mussolini kind of founded that one, like the merged one. Right. Okay. And then that would become another organization, and then that would become the fascist party finally. But we'll get, we'll get into that more later. Okay. But yeah, he, he did not found this party, really. He found, well, he founded a merger of an existing party that he had already joined. So right. he, he's taking credit where he doesn't get really get it. Where he, where he really didn't do much. Yeah. When Italy eventually joined the war on the side of the Allies, Mussolini took credit for the government's decisions because he was like writing about like a whole lot about how we should how they should join, claiming that. That the threats of civil war, because he was, like, constantly threatened. It's like, if you don't join the war, we're going to start a civil war in this country. <laughs> and and reassurances that Italy would fare well, both militarily and economically. Hmm, that, that sounds familiar. Yeah, hmm. I wonder. I wonder if that's wrong. Yeah, it would fare uh, both military and economically had led to this outcome. Like, his arguments had led to Italy jo uh, joining the war. His writings likely had little to do with this decision, because like Italy, yeah. like I was like having secret negotiations with the Allies at the time. Yeah, it actually. might have helped with like popular support, but I doubt he literally caused Italy to enter the war. Yeah, um, and also like part of these like secret negotiations, like the Allies promised uh, Italy like a decent bit of territory after the war. So yeah, so he, he kind of was getting what he wanted, a little bit. Yeah. 
many who supported Italy's entry into the war volunteered to join the fighting very quickly. Not Mussolini, though. <laughs> he only joined the fighting once he was drafted. <laughs> oh, what a coward. Man, uh, I love advocating for war and then refusing to join until I am forced to do so. Also sounds familiar to lots of people today. That sounds incredibly familiar to the Vietnam War. Yep. Uh, especially with, like, you know, fucking all the billionaires and whatnot who fucking just claimed injuries, like Trump. Uh, yep. Trump fi uh, faked a bone spurs injury. Yeah. And uh, Ted Nugent. Yeah. Fuck Ted Nugent. What a stupid name. Yeah. Well, he told stories of his heroic actions in battle. Most accounts of his service indicate that he was an average soldier. Soldier. Of course. Yeah, he's just like, so-so. He was whatever. Yeah. In December of 1915, he'd contracted salmonella and was oh. granted leave. <laughs> During this time, he married Guidi. So, like I mentioned, he married Guidi earlier. Um, mm -hmm. th this is when that happened. Without divorcing Dalzer. <laughs> and she conceived a son, Vittorio, who would be born in September of the following year. So... So he, he gets leave in December and immediately uh, impregnates his wife, pretty much. Of course, yeah. as you do. Yeah. It was also during this what, time... What a military story. Yeah. It was also during this time that he met his son with Dalzer for the first and last time. So this is like the only time he ever sees uh, Benito Albino. Hey, what's up, son? Goodbye. Going out for some cigs. <laughs> He doesn't even like go out for some cigs. He comes, he shows up, and then goes out for some yeah. cigs. Hey, I just got back from my milk run. Uh, you know, I forgot to get cigarettes. I'll be right back. <laughs> Benito Mussolini, everyone. Yeah. He managed to rise to the rank of sergeant. In February of 1917, Mussolini was argued. Uh, argued. Yeah. Words are difficult, like I said, for me today. Yep. Tired. Mussolini was injured in a training accident in February 1917, either by a grenade or a piece of equipment that overheated and w exploded. Um, it's unclear, like, accounts uh, vary. Uh, and he was discharged. He would go on to exaggerate this event in his fascist lore, just like, uh, like he was, like, arguing, like, he was, like, trying to assert that he was, like, somehow brave, like, he threw himself <laughs> on the grenade. Yeah, I saw that grenade, and yeah, you know, my legs just moved on their own. Yeah, I wasn't he, quick enough. Yeah, he, he people uh, got hurt. Yeah, he was injured in the course of uh, fighting the war. <laughs> what a because because uh, like that like you see that today with like um, the quote unquote patriot movement in America, where yeah. this is the, so much lore is the term I've yeah. seen used quite a bit, where they just make up stuff like uh, with the uh, Bundy occupation of the Malheur. Uh, wildlife refuge right i remember that uh lots of like so this one reporter remembered like overhearing like these three guys uh talking about their service in the military and it's like oh i did this i did that oh i did this and then uh <laughs> the journalist looked into all of these guys and none, none of them were in the military ever <laughs> they just they just made it up that's such a fucking loser thing to do yeah no and it's it's like so that still happens today, is all these guys making up the stuff that they did. It's all lore. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's all lies. Yeah. Uh, Mussolini returned to editing his paper, which had fallen on hard times. However, with his political fer fervor, 
and funding from rich people, he was able to get it back on its feet. The war ended on November 11th, 1918, and Italy, much like the rest of Europe, suffered severely. Italy had lost at least a million of its population, and its economy was heavily impacted. Man, I wonder who could have predicted that. Yeah. Oh, younger Mussolini could have. Yeah. To add insult to injury, injury, Italy did not receive all of the territory it was promised as part of its treaty with the other other allied powers. Yep. Yeah, it did receive Trent and Trieste, but was promised much more. Fascists began pandering to the grievances of veterans. So I, I realize now that that transition is a little bit uh, abrupt there. Yeah. But uh, I, like... Again, full-time job. I only had so much amount of time each day to work on this, and I was doing other stuff. I think we... I think the gist has been gotten. I've received the gist. Yep. Uh, Socialists argued that the veterans were victims of the upper class and had been forced into a war that was against their best interests, which is true. Yep. However, the the veterans were offended by this notion because it's like, hey, you guys... Like, because, like, they're like... hey hey, we want to believe that we're heroes and the socialists are telling us that we're not. They're telling us that we're victims, but I want to think that I'm cool and yeah. and heroic. You see this in Germany as well, like uh, the Fry Corps, which is sort of like a paramilitary. Yeah. Uh, not that dissimilar from like the modern militia weirdos today, except these guys were actually like hard men who did fight in war. Yeah. Mussolini was keen to capitalize on this. Of course he fucking yes. was. He painted them as as the heroes that they believed themselves to be. One particular group of vet- veterans that Mussolini appealed to, to was the Arditi. The Arditi were an early form of modern shock troops, being the first to run into enemy trenches to lead an attack. Okay. So, like, um... Yeah, so they're, they're the... Like, in the front. Yeah. Yeah. Um... The RDT were recognizable by their black pullover shirts. Ooh, black <laughs> shirts. Foreshadowing is a narrative tool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, public sentiment towards the socialists took a dive. The primary tactic of the socialists was organizing strikes. However, many people saw this as hurting an already struggling economy. But the economy. The economy. We can't we can't shut down it because of a pandemic. The economy will will be bad. Asteroid plummets into Earth. Half the countries of the world just gone in an instant. But well, the, this will affect the economy. <laughs> I remember seeing a headline one time where it was just like the economy is doing well, but the middle class is still struggling. It's just like hmm hmm. hmm. It's almost like it. The economy has no effect on whether or not people are actually doing well because. Wealth can just be concentrated in the hands of a few. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, I remember, like, re- one of my sources, um, I didn't write this down, but I just remember one of my sources that I was using was brought up. It's like, uh, at one point, like, Mussolini gave a speech somewhere, and then there was, like, some Arditi there, and he started, like, um, like he started hanging out with them, and they were drinking champagne. And at one point, they pull out their, like, their flag with their logo on it, and they give it to him. And it has, like, a skull and crossbows on it. I remember reading that. I was just thinking, are we the baddies? (laughs) Hey, guys, are we the baddies? Yeah. Hans, have you noticed something? (laughs) Uh, Have you looked at our caps recently? They've got skulls on them. (laughs) Are we the baddies? (laughs) 
That's a great sketch. Yeah. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go on YouTube and look up Are We the Baddies. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, now he's appeal- appealing to... Uh, to shock troops who are still like trying to like be soldiers they're, they at this point they're kind of developing into a uh into a paramilitary organization right like with so, the fry corps yeah sort of on march 23rd 1919 mussolini uh okay i i fucked this up i i i wrote this wrong oh <laughs> excuse me uh on march 23rd 1919 the fascio de azon de Azio- Azione Revolutionaria, or the League of Revolutionary Action. See, this is why I didn't want to include a bunch of long Italian yeah. names. I uh, understand. Yeah, which Mussolini had founded from a previous organization. Like I mentioned, this was uh, this was like the merger of two prior organizations. Right. So Mussolini, Mussolini kind of founded this one, but it was from two pre-existing ones that he was already a part of. Right. Uh, and members of other fascios, like I mentioned, like other proto-fascist groups, met in the Piazza San Sepolcro in Milan. It was here that the fascist movement officially began with the announcement of the formation of the Fasci Italiani di Combattimento. Again, this is why I didn't want to include yeah. a bunch of long <laughs> Italian names. Uh, or the Italian Fighting Leagues. With, with Mussolini as its leader, or at least one of its leaders. However, this early fascist movement scarcely resembled what it would later become. Mussolini described this movement as such, quote, We are libertarians, above all, loving liberty for everyone, even our enemies. And now I would like to read from the Fascist Manifesto. Fascists are well known for liking liberty. Yeah. Um, which I will pull up here. Um... It's it's a relatively short document. It'll take a little bit of time to read it, but uh, oh, actually, it's shorter than I thought because uh, the PDF I'm reading has both it in English and in Italian. Oh, uh, Italians! Here is the program of a genuinely Italian movement. It is revolutionary because it is anti-dogmatic, strongly innovative, and against prejudice. For the political problem, we demand <laughs> a. Universal suffrage polled on a regional basis with proportional representation and voting and electoral office eligibility for women. B. A minimum age for the voting electorate of 18 years that for the office holders at 25 years. C. The abolition of the Senate. D. The convocation of a national assembly for a three for a three years duration for which its primary responsibility will be to form a constitution of the state. E, the formation of a national council of experts for labor, for industry, for transportation, for the public health, for communications, etc. Selections to be made from the collective professionals or of tradesmen with legislative powers and elected directly to a general commission with ministerial powers. For the social problems, we demand A, the quick enactment of a law of the state that sanctions an eight-hour workday for all workers. B, a minimum wage. C. The participation of workers' representatives in the functions of industry commissions. D. To show the same confidence in the labor unions that prove to be technically and morally worthy as is given to the industry executives or public servants. E. The rapid and complete systemization of the railways and all of all the transportation industries. F. 
a necessary modification of the insurance laws to invalidate the minimum retirement age. We propose to lower it from 65 years to 55 years of age. For the military problem, <clears throat> excuse me, we demand A, the institution of a national militia with a short period of service for training and exclusively defensive responsibilities. B, the nationalization of the, all the arms and explosives factories. C, a national policy intended to peacefully further the Italian national culture in the world. For the financial problem, we demand A, a strong, uh, a strong progressive tax on capital that will truly expropriate a portion of all wealth. B, the seizure of all possessions of the religious congregations and the abolition of all the bish bishoprics, which constitute an enormous liability on the nation and on the privileges of the poor. C, the revision of all the military contracts and the seizure of 85% of the profits therein. And that is the uh, fascist manifesto. Wow, I can't wait to see how they implement this. So, I mean, a lot of that stuff is like, we agree with. Yeah, a lot of that stuff, it doesn't go far enough, but you can kind of see here the sort of, uh, since fascism is still like a new ideology at this point, it's taking a lot from socialism. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it sounds extremely socialist. Yeah. Uh, of course, later on, yeah, but uh, uh, it becomes more explicitly not. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this this was one thing I remember reading in one of my sources where it's just like, like this became clear later on. It's like fascism is not a set of mutable beliefs. Like, mm -hmm. like fascism is no set principles. Yeah, it's whatever is beneficial to it in the current moment. So it'll say whatever. It'll change whatever it needs to change. It's fascists are liars. Yep. Uh, they lie, they cheat, they steal, uh, they poison the water supply. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's poisoned the water hole. <laughs> uh, little, do, little do we know that it was the fascists that did that. What do you need to fight the fascists? <laughs> yeah. uh, it is very interesting, just because, especially because fascism is a capitalist ideology at its core. Uh, so it is interesting to see that it's in its early days, uh, it was just sort of like a trying to be socialism, basically. Yeah, that, yeah, that's like the next sentence I wrote down on my notes. Despite the movement's opposition to socialism, many of its stated policies were similar, if not identical, to many socialist pol policies. Yeah, can't wait to see uh, them doing that. I'm sure they will. Yeah. On April 15th, this is still in 1919, by the way, fascists, mostly Arditi, attacked the office of Avanti and destroyed mm -hmm. much of the equipment there, and, ad and additional riots against socialists broke out soon after. This was the beginning of the fascist revolution in Mussolini's eyes. He noticed that the police were more likely to arrest socialists and to overlook violence perpetrated by the Arditi. Hmm. Hmm. I wrote, hmm. I wrote in my notes after that, pause for dramatic effect. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, I hope at this point it's starting to sink in yeah, the parallels. Just, just how close uh, we are today to um, this, uh, this little slice of history. Yeah. He then began to use the money he was receiving from his wealthy benefactors to recruit and arm hundreds of Arditi. He was basically forming his own private army. Yep. Yeah. Uh, good. Yeah. 
It was around this time he, that he was arrested for possession of copious amounts of illegal weapons. <laughs> I had, thought you were going to say drugs for a moment. I, I thought I was going to... That, that would be really funny. Yeah. Uh, these charges were, were quickly dropped. Of course. Of course. Again, I wrote pause for dramatic effect. Yep. Uh. Despite the growing resentment towards socialism, the Socialist Party saw a significant political victory in the elections that November, gaining 150 seats out of a 580, not 580, 508 seats in the Chamber of Deputies. So, not bad. Yeah, so they got decent representation in Parliament. I think yeah. they were the largest uh, individual party in the parliament at the time right, but probably couldn't form a coalition yeah like the uh there was a bunch of like liberal uh parties that had formed a coalition who like all together were had more seats right yeah there was also a, a catholic organized like catholic party that i can't fully remember the name of that uh was like the second largest uh party in there yeah uh so the fascist gained no seats <laughs> yeah losers uh, it's also worth noting at this point they're not an official political party right that like they're not like like i don't know if there's like some registration party process or whatever but they're not officially a political party uh so mussolini himself he he ran uh as well for uh the, for parliament uh he lost his election to a socialist uh 160,000 votes to his like 4,600 votes. Ooh. <laughs> just, Ooh. A, just a bit shy. Ooh. Yeah. Sucks to suck, Benny boy. Yeah. Mussolini latched onto the discontent with the Socialist Party and began to ferment fear among the, the aggrieved populace that if the Socialists continued to gain power, that communism would not be far behind. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't write pause for dramatic effect there, but I should have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be cool, though. Yeah, it's like, I I hope it's it's sinking in the parallels. I hope yep. I hope you're realizing what's happening now is exactly what happened back then. Very similar. Yep. Um. Yeah. He used these talking points to justify further attacks on socialists, including the murder of some. Good. Yeah. Great. Yeah. This is. Amazing. <laughs> Most of these attacks were carried o carried out by the Squadristi, militia groups similar to the RDT. So the, the the Squadristi are kind of like the Proud Boys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and they the Squadristi would later become known as the Black Shirts. There's that for the <laughs> foreshadowing has come back. That narrative device. <laughs> yeah. I bookended it. <laughs> the movement was moving s further and further right. Golly. Yeah. Mussolini's biggest fear was that the socialists might form a coalition with Prime Minister Giovanni Giolitti and the Liberal Union to create a majority and form a parliament that instituted socialist policies. He was afraid that the government might actually be able to improve people's lives and make them content. Shit! <laughs> His party's primary political capital was based almost solely on the fear of the, of the left. If they lost this, then they lost everything. So he wants people to be mad at and be afraid of the left. 
right. because it's just like, hey, you should be afraid of these people because you you can vote for us because we're against these people that you're afraid yep. of. Again, haven't heard that one before. Sounds familiar. It's exactly the same yeah. fucking thing that's happening now. I'm uh, sure. I'm sure this will not be relevant yeah. at all in our uh, current existence. Yep. Everything is fine in America. Yeah. I'm currently We're a normal country. Everything is fine. I'm. I am perfectly okay with the events that are currently unfolding around me. Damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In 1920, Mussolini learned how to fly airplanes. Good for him, I guess. That's all I wrote down for 1920, by the way. There was other stuff happening in 1920 regarding fascists, but, like, nothing a whole lot about Mussolini. He was just there. Yeah. Um, doing plane one, shit. one thing that I, I didn't write down, and then as I was doing more research, I realized it was more relevant than I thought it was. That uh, I remember uh, one, one major fascist, Ga uh, Gabriel D'Annunzio. Um, yeah, he went to, um, the city of Fiume with a bunch of, like, squadristi and was trying to annex it for Italy. Oh, yeah. And at one point they declared that they had annexed it in Italy for Italy. And, it, and then the Italian government was like, no, we, <laughs> you did not do this for us. Please yeah. <laughs> leave us out of it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, there was actually a, uh, communist guy. Uh, whose name escapes me at the current moment, but he'll come up in a in a bit. Who was uh, opposed to this? He was Gramsci? like, maybe. Uh, no, okay. uh, I'll get to him. Don't worry. Oh, good. I do love Gramsci. Yeah, no, not Gramsci. I'll get to this uh, particular oh, communist okay. guy. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, in nineteen in early nineteen twenty one, Mussolini preemptively proposed to Prime Minister Giolitti that his party that his party instead form an alliance an alliance with the fascists. Yeah. Keep in mind, the fascists have literally no seats in parliament. Yeah, that... You gotta get those votes, I guess. Um, Giolitti agreed with the... Uh, agreed. Mm. So, so this liberal guy was like... The fascists come to him and says, Hey, instead of aligning with the leftists, align with us. We have literally no political power, but you should side with us. But we have bats and clubs. Yeah. G Giolitti, so, um, so he, he agreed uh, with the idea of, like, like trying to calm down the fascists. Like, well, if, I, if they become, if, I f if this major political uh, faction or allies with the fascists, the fascists will have to behave more appropriately. That always works. Yeah, uh, he was like, I can rein them in. I can make them stop being violent assholes. I can change them. Yeah. However, I this can fix them. Yeah. However, this only served to lend the fascists more legitimacy. Yeah. Yeah. Side yeah. with. Yeah. Siding with the violent assholes who have literally no seats in parliament, as opposed to the largest political faction who in parliament. Yep. Good job, liberals. Yeah, this is why we have the saying, scratch a liberal and a fascist bleeds. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like, liberals like have some good opinions, but also it's just like, go away. It's like, come on guys, think a bit. Think a yeah. little bit. Yeah. In May, another election was held. Fascist squadristi engaged in voter intimidation and even prevented socialists from holding election meetings. Sounds familiar. Yep. 
This was fre frequently done with the support of the police, who would often lend really? the, who would often lend the squadristi vehicles and sometimes weapons. Wow. It is can't a, imagine that. Yeah. It is estimated that as many as 100 people were killed by squadristi during the election cycle. Good thing that doesn't happen in America. Yeah. We've never had voter intimidation. Yep. Yep. Uh, Giolitti did little to prevent the violence, and local judges oftentimes dismissed charges against the perpetrators. The fascists managed to pick up 35 seats. The socialists lost nearly the same amount as the fascists gained, going down to 122 seats. Still, still making them the largest party, by the way. Also, right. I, I believe at least some of this might have been due to the fact that lots of socialists uh, became communists and formed like a, broke off and formed a new party. And I believe the communists did gain a few seats as well. So Okay, based. I don't know how many. I mean, not. But... Uh, my sources didn't really say how many the communists got. Um, the liberals had given the fascists the opportunity that they so desired, and the fascists began to abuse the law that members of that members of parliament couldn't be arrested. That was just the thing. It's like, if you were in parliament, you could not be arrested. For anything. Good. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That What a great law. Yeah. And now this, I just have, I just quoted a paragraph from the text, uh, Mussol uh, Benito Mussolini biography, just because there's like, I could not put it a better way to describe what happened once the fascists came into power. Uh, this is where that, uh, that, uh, that communist I mentioned earlier comes in. Oh, good. I'm sure things go well for him. Yeah. The new parliament, or I'll say, quote, the new parliament was hardly in session before the fascist, fascist deputies under Mussolini's personal direction physically attacked the communist deputy Francesco Missiano and threw him out of the building on the pretext of having been a deserter during the war. He was a deserter, by the way. That is true. But I mean, it's just like, that doesn't give you the right to attack this democratically yeah. elected guy. So uh, that's a base thing to do, actually. Yeah. They brandished re revolvers in the chamber and threatened other socialists with the same treatment. Astonishing though it may seem, the government took no action against such behavior. The various <sighs> liberal factions surrounding Niti, Giolitti, Salandra, and Orlando, all, all prominent social socialist guys, were still more interested in quarreling among themselves than in gratuitously offending the fascists. End quote. What a great world we live in. Yeah, good job, liberals. Thanks, guys. Yeah, you letting the fascists just run roughshod over everything. That That's good. That, that's always good. Yep. The socialist and communist deputies, deputies together demanded that the fascist deputies be expelled from parliament because they just literally attacked a guy. Yep, yep. Yeah, they like they like literally like threw him down the steps in front of the building and they like spat on him. But come on. Yeah. It, it, he was a deserter who yeah. got elected to parliament yeah. and, and, you know... He was a fucking... He's a politician. You can't yeah. just do that. Yeah. Do, I mean, that kind of reminds me, actually, of uh, Charles Sumner. Mm -hmm. uh, the Massachusetts... I think he was a senator. Uh, who, before the Civil War, just got the shit kicked out of him by some, like, southern asshole because he was an abolitionist. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Charles Sumner, the the one politician I support. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the the socialists and communists go to like the the liberal coalition and say the liberal union and say, hey. You should kick out these fascists for being violent assholes. Uh, all the, so so they held a vote on this. Uh, the, the socialists and communists all voted to kick out the fascists. Of course. All the other deputies voted not to do that, and instead voted to kick Missiano out of office. What the fuck? <laughs> they cited that he was a deserter, which again, he was a deserter, but it's just like he was democratically elected. elected. Fucking sons of bitches. Yeah. Good job, liberals. Good job. You always make the right call. Yeah. Despite the animosity between the two groups, come July, Mussolini argued the fascists and socialists should start working together along with the Catholic Popolari. That's the Catholic or uh, party that I mentioned. Right, yeah. In early August, Mussolini signed the Treaty of Pacification on behalf of the fascist party. Because he is in charge, by the way. Right, yeah. And when I say fascist party, it's not... It's, again, they're still not a legitimate uh, political party yet. They're not a full-fledged one. Right, they're just kind of there. Yeah, they're the uh, the still that fascio, uh, the long Italian name yeah. that I won't read like again. Like how the DSA is technically not a political party. Yeah. Pro so the Treaty of Pacification uh, prohibited violence between the three parties. Many fascists were furious at Mussolini's decision and simply ignored the treaty. They kept, They just kept attacking socialists and communists. In response to the backlash, Mussolini stepped down from the leadership of the party later that month. So he's just like, if you guys aren't going to play nice with the socialists, I'm going to leave. Uh, Fair, I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he was quickly asked asked to, the retur to return to the party as its leader. Of yeah. course. Yeah, I, I was unsure of the timeline because like the three sources that I was using were a little bit unclear. They were all like, they all provided like slightly different information but it's right. like vague enough where it's just like i don't really know but yeah you get the idea yep in november of that year mussolini re reorganized the movement into a fully fledged political party the national fascist party was born great yeah the party's membership increased over tenfold like they saw like a massive surge in uh like party membership like because they went from like twenty thousand to like over like a quarter million Ah, that's great. Love it. It was insane. Mussolini re reneged on his peace deal with the socialists, and he officially took the title Il Duce. Officially? Okay, so it was just a nickname before. Yeah, yeah, they, that wasn't like an official title. Right, and now it's an official title. Yeah. The Duke. Yeah. In February 1922, so we're almost uh, up to where I wanted to get to. We're getting right. close. Yeah. Luigi Facta became prime minister. And Luigi? Luigi. Yeah, and I believe there was, like, at least one prime minister between Giolitti and uh, Facta. I see. Um, I, I Like, this is one thing that, uh, like, was kind of surprised me when I realized this. It was, like, we're four years after the end, uh, uh, not even four years after the end of World War II. And World War One, you mean? World War One. yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, and we're on the sixth prime minister since the end of World <laughs> War One. Parliamentary politics can be really fucking weird. I'm like you're going through like two prime ministers a year. What are you guys doing? I heard that um in Australia, which you know has a parliament, uh, they used to ask like if you got injured and they needed to see if you're like conscious or like if you're all there. They would ask you know who's the current prime minister. 
but they had to stop doing that because it changed so frequently uh, that it wouldn't fucking matter because there was one specific quote from a guy before they changed it uh, that I really like, which is, I don't know. I haven't checked the TV today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm kind of reminded of, uh, I was uh, hanging out with uh, some friends of mine one time and we went out for food. And as we were walking back to the car, I remember that like there's uh, some uh, older gentleman uh, who had I don't know if he had a stroke. He had some sort of medical uh, issue, and right. uh, the paramedics were treating him. And they had him sat up on the uh, on the ground outside of like uh, some stores, and uh, they asked him, uh, "Who's the current president president of the United States? Whether you like it or not." <laughs> I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> that's a question. Yeah, that could have an answer. Yeah. There is a correct answer, but who knows if this guy will say it. Yeah. Uh, Moose, uh, no, that's a little bit further on. Uh, so Luigi is now the sixth prime minister. Right, since Green Mario. We got Green yeah, Mario. Yeah, since the uh, end of World War One, uh, which uh, he proved to be an ineffectual leader, which suited Mussolini and the fascists. Yeah. Good. Good. We're, this is great. Glad about that. Yeah. Fascists began attacking the local governments of predominantly socialist cities. So they're just attacking, like, socialist, uh, like, like municipalities. Yep, sounds yeah correct. Yeah. FACTA did basically nothing to stop them. Good job, Luigi. Get Mario in there. Yeah. Mario wears red. He wouldn't have let this happen. Yeah. He, he's a card-carrying member of the Communist Party. <laughs> Come August, the... Oh, I've... Uh, I fucked up, and I don't know what I meant to write here. Whoops. <laughs> uh, cause, uh, come August, the I'll just try and summarize it as best as possible. Come August, the socialists declared a general su- strike. Good. Seeing FACTA's government doing nothing to end the strike, the fascists took it upon themselves to break the strike and were successful. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. Mussolini used this to paint the party as the defender of the law. Uh... <laughs> yeah, so so like prior they were seen as like um like obviously like opponents. They were like seen as very unlawful individuals, but yeah. they stopped a strike. So now they're the party of law and order. Woo! Mo- Mussolini then began preparing a coup d'état. Facta was aware of this, but did nothing. What the fuck? Good job, Facta. This is your ass on the line now, dude. Yeah, no. We go like we should we need to go back in time and just like just like slap Luigi Facta. Yeah. Fucking green Mario son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, just slap him and then put a Luigi cap on him. Yeah. And then push him down the stairs. Yep. <laughs> uh on October sixteenth, nineteen twenty two. The fascist leadership met and planned their insurrection. On the 24th, the party held a meeting in Naples. Mussolini managed to recruit a significant portion of the populace to his cause. I I was reading that, like, apparently the people of Naples didn't like the fascists a whole lot. Okay. But somehow he was able to, like, convince a lot of them to, like, join them. Uh, And I don't know how. Unbased. Uh... And the fascists, along with the new recruits, began marching towards Rome. At the same time, other fascist leaders were organizing groups in other parts of the country to march on Rome as well. 
I wonder if this will lead to anything. Yeah. The government still did nothing. Luigi. <laughs> Guy. God. He's asking for a good defenestration here. Yeah. I, I want to chuck this guy out a window. God. Good job, Luigi. Uh, uh, we're almost done here. Mussolini returned to Milan and acted as if nothing was afoot. So, like, he... What so the like he, fuck? So, no, Mussolini... Like, Mussolini's being coy. Like, he's, he's like, acting as, like, I'm not planning an insurrection at all. <laughs> Everything is fine, twirls mustache. Yeah. Even though he didn't have any facial hair. Yeah, he is a mustache twirler. Yeah. Even with, even without facial hair, I, he just does it. Yeah. Meanwhile, somewhere between 20,000 and 30,000 fascists made their way toward the capital. Great. On October 27th, the fascists began their assault. And I, I, I use the word assault. Apparently, a lot of them weren't armed. Yeah, they, which is interesting. Finally, the government decided to act and petitioned King Victor Emmanuel III to declare martial law, and like the like the like all like the leadership, like the people who like are in charge of like petitioning the king, like they unanimously decided, hey, you need to declare martial law, and uh, the at first the king was like all on board with it, and then like when it came like the time where it was like to actually sign the order, he was like no. I'm not going to. What? The the monarch is siding with the fascists? He's not even necessarily siding with the fascists. He's just not siding against them. And it's just like, well, that's about the same here. Yeah. Uh, if he if he had declared martial law and activated the military, the like the insurrection would have probably just ended right there. Great. Yeah, because like, like I said, lots of the uh, fascists were not armed. And like this is like a major gamble for Mussolini because it's just like, if he succeeds, he succeeds. If he fails, the fascists are now, like, it's like, hey, you guys yeah. tried to overthrow the country. But, I mean, maybe that wouldn't have been the case, because what's the... What yeah, we, we've spent a whole episode hearing about how they got out of their bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, plus, uh, that's what happened in America Woo. a couple of years ago. Although, I guess some people are facing consequences, but not the right people. Yeah. Or at least not all of the right people. Throw a few more names into that hat there, buddies. Yeah. On October 29th, 1922, under pressure from the fascists, Facta resigned, and and uh, the king decided to appoint Mussolini as prime minister. Thanks, Green Mario. You did good. Mussolini took office two days later, and the fascist regime began. Dun, dun, dun. And that is where I left off. Although I will say, uh, with the king appointing Mussolini, it's a little bit more complicated than that. What happened was, um, like, I think the king wanted to appoint Salandra as the prime minister, with uh, Mussolini as like, like basically second in command, or at least yeah, some like his deputy. Yeah, like some high-ranking uh, official, like like very close to the top. And Mussolini was like, "I hold all the cards here." I, I want to be prime minister, and the king just said, okay. Great. Good job, King Emmanuel. It is kind of interesting to see how fascists, like, treated the monarchies in different countries. Like, uh, you know, in Bulgaria, Romania, I think Romania as well, uh, and Italy, they keep the monarchs. But in Germany, well, the monarch was already gotten rid of, but 
Adolf Hitler could have uh, technically made Wilhelm II Kaiser again and just relegate him, you know, put him off to the side. Oh, that would have been beautiful. Yeah. What a what a great duo that would be. Yeah. A buddy but, comedy. Yeah, it was just like, like, going through this, I was just like, oh, the liberals just let this happen. Yay. Yep. yep. God, good job, Giolitti. Just, hey, I'm going to side with these people who have literally no... Politi- Institutional power, yeah. yeah. It's just like, hey, we're going to side with these people who have no seats in parliament for no reason whatsoever. Well, they're they're, all... they did have a reason, and that's because they're the guys with clubs who are beating up socialists. Hey, let's let's give let's reward the violent assholes attacking and killing people instead of stopping them. Yeah, stopping them. No, no, couldn't do that. Yay! Sorry. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so that's so the fascism has started. Woo! Yep. And that, that's, uh, I believe you pick up, like, right after this in your yeah. research? Good. Yeah, I pick up after the March on Rome. Yeah. Uh, how About how far did you get in your bit? Uh, it's been a while since I've checked. Okay. Uh, but I basically go from there to, I believe, the start of World War II. I okay. probably could go longer or shorter with that. All right. I mean, that's, that's a, a decent... Uh, like time period because yeah. that's like 17 years roughly yes yeah my uh, i covered like 13 years in this one and one of those years was just mussolini learned to fly planes yeah <laughs> there won't be something to discuss every year uh just because a lot of it is just doing the same shit as the last year yeah that's understandable you did write about how he made the trains run on time right oh of course yeah the trains that kind of already ran on time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's where I left off. I feel, uh, although I think we're going to save your research for a couple weeks from now. I think we should do some more of Mussolini's book. Yes, that will be good. Yeah, try and alternate that a little bit, even though the past two weeks yeah. we did Mussolini's book. But that's just because I needed more time to research. Yeah. I also, uh, I've been thinking, you know, we're doing the book. We have a... Uh, Mussolini and the story's gonna get darker only darker from here on so I was thinking maybe it would be good to do an episode about anti-fascists uh before continuing just to give some levity oh that's a good idea yeah you have any ideas in mind because I I think I have an idea not a particular like a person in general but at least a book um that I remember reading I believe it was titled what is fascism and how to fight it which is very close to the uh, slogan of the show (laughs) Uh, yeah, I do have some ideas. There's anti-fascist groups in Spain, uh, which would be very interesting to discuss. Uh, there's also the, uh, in the Soviet Union, when the Nazis pushed them back, there's people who, you know, kind of got stuck on the other side, uh, who continued to fight against the Nazis. Yeah. Okay, I found the book. It's, it's Fascism, What It Is and How to Fight It, by Leon Trotsky. Ah, Trotsky. <laughs> Yeah, which is... Uh, he, Trot- I do have that book, actually. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, Trotsky is an interesting character from yeah. what I know. I don't know a whole lot about him, but... Uh, we do not stand Trotsky here, but eh, there's some value in some of his writings. Yeah, it's just like, we don't have to agree with everything someone says, but we can point out the good stuff that they say. Yeah. 
like the stuff that Mussolini said before he decided to become a fascist. Yeah, like obviously that changed once he got a bag of money. Yes, not a good guy, very mercenary. But yep. uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll probably re- read Mussolini's book next week, and either re- read something anti-fascist or go to your research. Yep. Something that I don't have to do a whole lot of research yeah, for. Yeah, you, beca- you've been doing uh, the last few episodes. Well, yeah. not the books. We both did that, but... Yeah. Uh, Although I did do research into, like, uh, our friend Hiram Motherwell. Yeah, you did book. do the research for that. Which wasn't a whole ton of research, but it was. it did take some time. Yeah, but I would like to spend some time doing uh, stuff because I, I wanted to play uh, Tears of the Kingdom a whole lot this week and I didn't <laughs> play it at all this week. Yeah. I did start up uh, playing Final Fantasy 16 though. Fun. How's that? Uh, I did not get far. I'm still like in the prologue. Like, um, I'm like still learning who the characters are. Right. Some guy died and, it, and, and I don't... And it's just like... He dies pretty brutally. A boulder falls on Whoa. him. <laughs> It happens so quickly too, but at the same time, it's like this would be more impactful if he was if I knew who this guy was. Yeah, if he was around for more than two minutes. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm now in like a flashback. I see. Yeah, and I think I may already know a plot twist because there's like this like weird like segment at the beginning that's just kind of there. And then it and then it cuts to like the main character doing stuff, and then it cuts to the flashback of that main character, and I was like, and uh, some other stuff, and I'm like, hmm, do I? I think I may see the uh, see the plot twist. I could be entirely wrong. I don't have enough information yet, but I'm like, hmm, is this the plot twist? It might be. Very possible. Yep. But yeah, uh, shit got crazy real quick because like. I don't fully understand what's going on, the politics, the geopolitics of this world, but there's some kind of war going on, and the main character is, like, an assassin, like a mercenary of some sort. Gotcha. Um, and so, like, they're like, like they're watching this battle from, like, this ridge, like, this mountain ridge, and, like, they, they're going to kill someone on one side of the army. Again, I don't know exactly what's going on. It hasn't been fully explained. And then this giant shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and starts like destroying the mountains and tossing boulders around and then this other thing shows up and starts fighting the giant and it's all fucking crazy i think they're like summons of some sort i see sounds wild yeah and that's when uh the boulder falls on the guy yeah i do know that final fantasy has had leftist politics in it in the past so that's interesting yeah but i wonder anyway. if, i wonder if uh, you'll be able to suss any of that out yeah maybe uh but anyway this is not a podcast about Final Fantasy. This is a not podcast <laughs> about fascism and how to fight it. And mostly so far, it's been about fascism. And not so much how to fight it. But maybe we'll get to how to fight it soon. Yeah. That's the anti-fascist part. Yep. So anyway, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Uh, we're actually, uh, as of like the point where we're recording, this has actually been shorter than our last episode really? that we did on Mussolini. At least I think it is. Um, which is weird because I, like my notes were almost twice as long as my notes for the one we did on, uh, for the previous episode on Mussolini. I think it's because this was action packed. There was a lot to discuss, but there was a lot to get to. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Mussolini is a bad person. (laughs) Really? 
that that that's your stance on this? Or was he a bad person? He's dead now. He got canceled. It's pretty. Hard. Yeah, he got canceled. The Italian uh, president. Yeah, the canceled Italian, him pretty yeah, hard. Yeah, the the current Italian president, like, like say, like there, uh, uh, like shortly after she got elected, a picture, a painting of Mussolini, or a picture of Mussolini appeared in their like uh their capitol building or whatever it is Ooh. and then it got take someone took it down and she was like that's cancel culture and it's just like yes mussolini got canceled and that was good yeah. uh i would i wish instead of taking it down they hung it upside down <laughs> <laughs> uh that's what i would have done yeah that, w- that would have been good but anyway <laughs> i think we're gonna wrap it up here um any final comments jake uh my final comment will be, do you know that picture of a tweet uh, where somebody posts Mussolini hanging upside down and then, like, his granddaughter or whoever f- f- just replies, bastard? <laughs> I don't I don't remember that. Um, I, do, I do remember there was one time where, like, some, I think, Canadian guy um, made, like, a, like, a comment about Mussolini, like... And uh, Mussolini's granddaughter replied to him. Like, he commented on, like, all the shitty things Mussolini did. And she replied to him, like, with a picture of a nuke. Like, like to say, it's like, hey, America did bad things, too. But ignoring the fact that this guy was Canadian. Yeah. And also, it's just like, yeah, America does bad things. That doesn't mean Mussolini wasn't also bad. Yeah. It, in fact, Mussolini going out on a limb. Possibly worse. Yeah. But anyway... That's going to do it for this episode. So, as always, um, we don't know how to make a podcast. If you know how to make a podcast or do any form of audio production, please scream at us and tell us what to do. And you can do that uh, at you can do that by sending us an email at gmail or uh, at one pod at gmail.com. You could do that on Twitter at htlww underscore pod. Uh, we also have a Patreon, which you should not feel obligated to donate to at all. Yeah. Please, please don't. In fact, say, give it to other stuff. If you donate to us, I'm going to find you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. 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 Please, please don't, unless you have like a decent amount of disposable income. And, uh, if you, th- and only if you think we're doing a good job, because like, this is a thing that we're doing as a hobby and, yep. and like we don't want you to pay us, please. Yeah, the options there. Uh, maybe later on we'll actually give something for it, but it might help us eventually, like yeah. get new fucking equipment. Yeah, and also uh, the places you can find the podcast itself, even though you've probably already found it because you're listening to this. Presumably, but, yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Apple Podcast, Google Play, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and Radio Public. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. We're also on Slapbook. Woo, Slapbook. Yep. yep. Uh, Everyone's favorite social media platform. Yep. Anyway, I have been Mike. I'm Jake. Uh, this has been How the Left Was Wanted. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.